Here's what's coming up on today's show. Okay, so we've got to be very careful about how we use it. That can be used for good and it can be used for evil, but it is a neat tool if your state allows it. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Glad to have you back on another episode of Complete Estate Planning along with Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and the owner of the Rosenbauer Law Office there in Westchester, Ohio. I am Ben George, and today we're talking about real estate. It's an asset that for most people, it's going to be maybe their most expensive or most valuable asset that they own. So you want to make sure you get it right. And there are some high-risk, high-reward shortcuts for real estate that we will go through today. Nick, welcome in. What's going on? Uh, it's uh, sun is shining. Um, for everyone uh, who's kind of listening to this, it is the uh, uh, it is first week of May, uh, and it's Friday. So uh, the sun is shining. It's, uh, you know, we got faked out, I think, in March as far as warm weather and then april said just kidding right um, but i think we're we're finally getting there so warm weather um hoping to wear some shorts this weekend you know little kids uh you know t-ball has started we've gotten through practices and to games and again i use the term games loosely <laughs> but uh no, we're we're having we're having some fun. It's it's team mozzarella sticks is what the kids have come up with uh, for their team name. <laughs> They're warriors. That. Yeah. So if yeah. you're in Monroe, uh, four and five year old uh, um, non competitive t ball league, and you see you know the mozzarella sticks on your schedule, <laughs> watch yeah, out. You better you better bring some tissues because uh, there's going to be a lot of crying. Uh, for for your team, not ours. That's funny. Well, I heard you wanted me to to help make a ruling. Yeah, so so maybe I need like a, a commissioner's ruling. I don't know if like baseball is your uh, forte or not, but uh, I know a little baseball. Yeah, let's go. Let's go for it. Okay, so the way it works, obviously the kids just for every inning they bat around. Okay, okay. Um, and you know what the league has said is if we accidentally get an out, legitimately. Um, you know, they, they, they've told the coaches to try and have the kid come sit down and like not get to run the bases, like to teach them. Um, right. but I, I kind of told the other coach for the first game, it's like, no, let's, I'm not going to make the kid cry. We're not keeping score. It doesn't matter. So in the second inning of our first game, we got the first player out. They hit the ball. My guy fielded it, threw it to first, one hopped. The kid caught it, stepped on the base. Uh, kid was technically out because uh, uh, the throw beat uh, beat the runner. But he stayed on. And the coach asked me, he's like, do you really want to do that? And I said, no, he's fine. Mm -hmm. And then the very next thing, kid hits, and my player fields it, throws it to first. Uh, the guy steps on the bag um, and beats the runner. And... The guy who was on first never ran to second. So I don't know if that counts as a double play or if it is not a double play because the kid, I mean, we we're letting him there, but he shouldn't have been on first anyway because he was he was out when he batted. Right. Tagged him first? Well, I mean, he never he never moved. He was still standing on first. Um, 
when he should have been out, but we let him we let him stay on the base. And then my guy, my first baseman, caught it, stepped on the bag, and you kind of ran into him a little bit. Um, so does that count as a double play? Because we'd technically have to say the kid was out twice. Um, <laughs> what so? Does yeah. that count as a double play? What's the ruling there? I think you have to tag the runner, then step on the base. But um... well, do we get to do we get credit for getting him out a second time? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so then we had three outs in the first two batters. Inning should have been over. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta let him play. Gotta let him play. Yeah, uh, but uh, no, it was really, really surprising. Uh, so we were we 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 were awesome. Definitely one and zero, and then uh, we had a game uh, a few days ago where uh, they they changed it because they had a rain out and only four of the kids were there for uh-huh. my team, so we lost just because we only had four kids and they had eight. So when they bat around, a lot more people cross the plate uh, <laughs> than right. than ours do. Um, but I put an asterisk by the other team's win um, <laughs> because the only reason they won is because they had eight kids and we had four. Right. Um, so I, I'd almost say that's, you know, like in ineligible. I'd almost say we're still one and zero. But yeah, the mozzarella sticks were a force to be reckoned with. I would not want to be. I would not want to see us on the schedule. Um. <laughs> that's hilarious. Now I'm hungry too. So I know, right? <laughs> I haven't had mozzarella sticks in a while, but now I'm kind of craving them. Yeah. All right. Well, I always enjoy the stories, Nick. Thanks for always sharing and, and keeping us attuned to what's happening out on the field. Uh, we always enjoy that. All right. As we get into this today, I'll remind you again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is the best place to get in touch with Nick. You can learn everything about him and his practice, but also get all the resources and tools that he offers you right now. Uh, but you can schedule a call right there. Just hit the button on the front of the page, and you'll be connected with Nick to get on his schedule and begin your estate planning process or uh, follow up with any questions you might have about what we discussed today. All right. So we're talking about real estate today and there's all types of assets that you deal with, Nick, but I know you got a, one of the questions you get quite a lot is about what to do with real estate, right? Yeah, that's, that, that's one of the big ones. Obviously the house is usually one of the most valuable, if not the most valuable asset that most people have you know, throughout their lives, especially with housing prices today, right? Um, so, you know, it, it's a big question, okay? And, and definitely it's something you want to get right because of how uh, big uh, of a piece of your net worth the house is. If you get it right, that's a huge win. If you get it wrong, that is a huge problem. All right, so we're going to talk about some different ways, I guess, to pass your real estate on, transfer the real estate. And I know this, these questions come up all the time. So hopefully this is going to help you and maybe clear up maybe some confusion or give you some things, I guess, maybe to ponder a little bit further. But let's start with co-ownership of property. That's the first uh, option, right? Yeah. Well, and here's the deal. A lot of these, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way, uh, but a lot of these are what we call, you know, barbershop estate planning where, you know, people get advice from someone, you know, through someone else, not a lawyer. And, some of the some of the logic on this makes sense, okay? So I don't like to fault people for it, but I do want them to understand for all of these that we go through that, hey, it doesn't always work out that easily, and there may be some pros or cons that you're not aware of. But yeah, co-ownership, the question I always get is, can I add my child's name as a co-owner to my house? 
Okay, so I own a house. I want my son to own it with me. You know, people say put their name on the deed is the is the phrase you hear most often. But it's do you want someone else to be a co-owner? So why would they do that? Well, if it's done correctly, it can avoid a logjam, probate battle, an inheritance issue when they pass away. Okay, because it can, it, you know, if it's done right, and it can be done wrong, so let me be very clear about that. But if it's done right, you know, then it's just like a joint bank account. Two people own it. One person dies. It's still the other one's account. No probate, no delays, no lockups, no problem. Okay, so that is the attraction of it. Okay, and people do that typically when they say, well, my parents put me on their bank account so I could pay bills. And then when they passed away, the account wasn't locked. I was able to get my hands on it. Okay, so that's usually where something like this comes from. Now, it's usually a terrible idea. You know, first off, any troubles or dealings of the new co-owner uh, can put the property at risk. Okay, so if I add my son as a co-owner on my house, my son gets divorced. Well, that's not good because now when the divorce court is saying what assets do my son and his ex have to split up, my house is on that list because it's also his house. Okay, so I could lose my house in someone else's divorce. Okay, my son files bankruptcy. You know, he has medical debt. Uh, there's a lawsuit against him. I mean, he gets in a car crash and he gets sued. Okay, so anything coming after him, um, you know, or a judgment or he owes money, well, on the list of things he has that could be taken to pay back, my house is now on that list, okay, through no fault of my own. So basically all it's doing is it's opening my asset, my house up to the risks of another person. Does that make sense? So it's unlocking yeah. the door here. You know, and then obviously, what if both of us pass away? Well, then it doesn't do us any good, okay? So obviously, if one mm -hmm. of us passes, the other one can retain ownership if done right. But if we're both in the car together, it's worthless. There's no contingencies built in. Um, and then another thing, Ben, and this is for bigger families. Let's say you have four kids and you put your oldest child on the house. When you die, the oldest child owns the house all on his own or her own, not required to share it with anyone, okay? Yeah. Unless you put four kids and you and your wife, and then there's six co-owners on the house, which is ridiculous, but it is legally theirs and theirs alone. Um, sometimes that causes problems, sometimes not. So again, it's you got to be really careful. You hear the stories and people think, well... My mom put me on her checking account with 50 bucks in it um, so I could help out. It worked fine for the $47 left over. Hmm. House should be the same way. So that's the logic. But you see why that's a, usually a horrible idea. And right. if it works, you just lucked out. Gotcha. We're talking about different ways you can pass your real estate on to whoever you choose. And after co-ownership, I know a lot of people think about just transferring it and just gifting the property, uh, I guess, while they're still alive, right, Nick? That's kind of the other maybe common uh, decision people weigh. Yeah. And it's it really is, is kind of the 
the it's really kind of the, the the twin sibling to what we just talked about, where instead of saying, hey, I'm going to add my child, usually it's a child as a co-owner, I'm just going to give it to them right now. Okay, so I'm going to transfer, I'm going to gift my house to my son, to my daughter, to whomever. Okay, and then they say, well, you know, it avoids probate, you know, the problems. It avoids an inheritance delay because technically the inheritance has already happened, right? Like my, my child has already gotten it. But, you know, another reason people do this is they say, well, I'm going to get rid of the house. So if I have to go into a nursing home, I can tell the government I am broke and the government will uh, pay the bill for me and not make me sell the house. So here's the deal. First off, the new owner that you give it to, no restrictions. It is their house. They can do whatever they want. They can repair it. They cannot repair it. They could sell it. They could evict you. They could take out a loan against it. You know, um, so it is theirs. They can do whatever they darn well please with it. <clears throat> they're um, same as before. They're not required to share the property with the other family members. So if there's four kids, that is just that child's house. He does not need to sell it and share the proceeds. Same thing there. Um, obviously, any concerns or troubles that the new person could get in, the divorce, the bankruptcy, lawsuit issues, those are still in play. Exactly the same as before. And I guess, um, obviously, if I transfer the house to my son and then he dies, we're still in trouble. And it's actually worse than if we were co-owners because there's not even a fallback where I will end up owning it. So it's actually less safe from that standpoint than co-ownership. Hmm. And then again, be very careful about what you do here. Different states have different rules. Um, you know, but if I give the house away and then I require like medical care, nursing care, the transfer could be at risk of being undone, or I could be penalized or lose eligibility for, you know, like Medicaid or disability programs uh, that would help pay the nursing care costs. Because uh, they'll penalize you. You can't give everything away and then call up tomorrow and say, I'm broke, pay my nursing home bill. Okay, they don't, they don't let you do that. It's not that simple. Um, so a lot of times, you got to be careful with that. You could do more harm than good. And, and you know, the guy at the barber shop or at the end of the bar who said, oh, yeah, uh, my mom gave me the house and before she went into a nursing home, so we saved it. And, you know, hmm. A lot of things could have gone wrong uh, in that. Super, super risky to do so. Um, but that's that's the other piece that I see, you know, kind of kind of commonly there. Yeah, a lot of stuff you probably just won't think about just because you, 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 they're worst case scenarios, right? In a lot of, a lot of situations. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And look, um, it doesn't always go bad, but what that does is people hear about one thing that goes well, and they think it'll always go well. It's like if I don't put my seatbelt on driving home from work today and I don't get in a car crash, I say, oh, don't need a seatbelt, okay? Sounds silly, uh, but that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. So just got to have eyes wide open here, okay? So those are the two ones that I always get nervous and I always try to talk people off a ledge on uh, is those two pieces. Okay. All right, so the one I guess that most people may think, hey, this is, I guess, the normal thing to do is just transfer it upon death. So 
What are the what do we need to know about this? Um, so this is the one. Every state's got different rules on what you can and can't do. Um, but there are states that allow through an affidavit or a deed. Like there's transfer on death affidavits. There's transfer on death deeds. So it's a deed or a real estate document where the current owners can designate a beneficiary or beneficiaries to receive the property when the current one passes away. Uh, if it's done correctly, it happens automatically, avoids probate. It's almost like putting a beneficiary designation on your house, just like a life insurance, an account, or an IRA. So if it works and if it's okay, it can be phenomenal. Okay. Um, and not a lot of states have it. Um, the options are usually limited. Usually you can only designate specific person or persons. There's no conditions or restrictions. I know we've talked about things, don't give people their money all at once, or we can't trust them with it, or you know other things we need to protect. It's usually an all or nothing, similar to beneficiary designation on a life insurance, right? If I, if I make you the beneficiary on my life insurance, MetLife's going to send you a check all at once. Here you go. Okay. So that happens with the real estate as well. It can work, like I said, um, and avoids the probate process altogether. Now, you got to be careful if there are multiple beneficiaries or multiple inheritors, if you want to call it that, because it's not as clean as an account. Okay, so Ben, if you and I were both 50-50 beneficiaries on an account, MetLife writes me a check for my half, they write you a check for your half, and then that's it. Um, okay. If we become co-owners on a property, then you and I are now in a forced business partnership. Okay, It's not as if they come in and they cut the house in half, and I take the basement and you take the first floor. Okay? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Um, all the owners, we, we have to agree on what to do. When property taxes come in, we're both liable for it. So I got to call you up and say, Ben, property tax bill's $3,500. I need $1,750 from you. Now what? What if one of us doesn't have it? Um, Duke Energy, uh, which is the uh, uh, you know gas and electric around here. Um, so we're both kind of on the hook for it. Um, and then what if one of us wants to sell, the other one doesn't? You want it to be a rental property. I just want to get rid of it. I say, buy me out. You say, Nick, I don't have the money, but I don't want to sell. Now what? Okay. So you see if there and also the more the more people involved, the worse it gets. If you just have like one person, piece of cake. Two people, they get along fine. Neither is living there. Neither wants the house. They would both just say, I got my own house, sell it. Probably fine. But you get three people, four people, five people different factions within the family. You can see how that's a nice tool, but it doesn't always work. Okay. So that only works. It works great, but only in certain circumstances. Okay. So we got to be very careful about how we use it. That can be used for good and it can be used for evil, but it is a neat tool if your state allows it. All right, get some great information on how to transfer real estate. You know, maybe one of these works for you. Maybe you think could be the best fit for you. Best thing to do is sit down with an estate planning attorney and lay it out. See what actually is the best plan for you and your family. You can always get in touch with Nick, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com or over the phone, 513 513- 
800-463-6789. Now, of course, there's always the trust, right? This is always another option for people. Well, you know, the, the trust, so you can set up a trust either just for the property or as obviously part of a, a full kind of comprehensive estate plan here. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the trust governs what happens with the property. And you can, you know, we've talked about how unlimited our options are within the trust. So obviously the whole world becomes your canvas. You can either have specific instructions just for the property, or you can just make it part of the overall inheritance at large. You know, if you don't want to designate it, just say everyone gets a third, a third, a third, property's part of it. If someone wants it, great. If not, sell it, money goes into the pot. So that's obviously a great thing. A lot of what ifs that you can unlock. Um, now, you do have to f- properly coordinate the house with the trust. So we've talked on previous episodes about trust funding. That has to happen or this doesn't work. Okay. Um, but again, if a trust is necessary or if a trust is something we're doing as part of your estate plan anyway, then I say we deal with the house that way. Okay. And the last way is a business entity. So um, how, how does this get structured? Well, this is usually for like a business piece of property, rental property, something like that. So not really for your own house per se, um, but, you know, or if your business owns a building, et cetera, um, then that should be considered, you know, when you're doing the inheritance or like, you know, the succession of the business um, this should be part of it, okay? Because there's who runs the business and who owns it and, you know, does do we stay at the, the property, et cetera. That can be done within the estate plan, you know, if the, the, the business ownership is part of, you know, the estate plan. Also want to look at it within the business's organizational documents, like the operating agreement, most likely. Uh, so you want to have rules for that and how the rental property or like here here at the office here, um, you know, I own the condo. I don't own the whole building, but I own the condo uh, that our uh, office is in. Okay, so there's specific provisions for what happens with the condo uh, within the business. If I pass away or if person who's, you know, set to take over kind of as my contingency plan, how all of that works. Um, so within the context of the business, if that's the type of property we're dealing with, it, it just that needs to be part of the overall conversation about the succession or inheritance of the business. Just another piece to add to it. Okay, very good. Well, pretty good, thorough look at, at the different ways to transfer real estate. So, if you do have a, a piece of property or multiple pieces of property that you're considering uh, or, or want to figure out how to best pass that on to your loved ones or whoever you intend to get leave it to. You want to start having those conversations now and work that into your overall plan. Again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is a great place to start. And Nick, I guess this is just part one piece of the conversation, right? If someone comes in for that first meeting, I'm sure real estate's one of the first things you talk about. It's part of it, absolutely. So, you know, we have to talk about what you have, uh, where it is, what your wishes are for it. Um, and then, you know, if anything has specific wishes. You know, the money you may not care about, but uh, the house, you may say, I want a specific person to get the house or or not. You know, all depends. 
Uh, but then we have to talk about how each type of account or each house uh, is protected. So it's definitely part of it. And like I said, houses are usually uh, traditionally one of the biggest asset, if not the biggest asset for people. There are different ways to go about it. And look, every state's different on this. Um, so make sure you're talking with someone who's very well versed in what you can do with your house. Again, always work with a specialist. Don't try this at home. Uh, and I'm not saying which of these tools are the right answer or aren't. But again, work with a specialist. Make sure you're picking the best tool for the job uh, based on your situation. But it's nice to have options, Ben, versus saying here's the only thing you can do. So we got options. We just got to pick the best one. Absolutely. And to find out what options you have, again, you can call Nick at 513-463-6789, his office there in Westchester, Ohio. Or you can log on to CincinnatiEstatePlan.com as well. Schedule a call right there with Nick by clicking the big button on the front page. Easy to see. And it's the best way to get in touch with Nick and get on his calendar. As always, Nick, appreciate your time. And uh, we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Have a great weekend. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.